This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. The vision of us both, twin towers out there. I think it's going to be very different. The NBA has to see something like this. And uh, it's going to be scary. It'll be scary. Ultimately, while this move is intriguing, we will need to see if there is cohesion offensively before we can label Rudy Gobert as definitive difference maker in a loaded Western Conference. Like the, the shrug emoji there yeah. to be determined. Can the target centers gel together? It sounds like they're going to wait till the last preseason game to put those guys on the court at the same time, just because of. So Katz had the he had the hospital stay, and then Gobert had a knee brace on under his leg sleeve in the game that he played in against the Lakers. I'll have some thoughts on that when you get to it. Um, well, it is a little. You know, he's I, thirty. He's got some wear and tear. Not in, not in love with the knee brace. Is it like a contusion? Do we know? Let's get to the primary topic first, and then I'll. <laughs> I, I will address can a we, long stand, back to Utah? a long okay. standing belief of mine, but I'm not going to do it up top. Okay. Uh, well, this is Mackie and Judd Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment Therapy Speculation. Uh, it's a write that down Wednesday, so we will get to our weekly predictions and accountability session, but. Uh, old Macadac woke up this morning, took a big sip, uh, sip of his Timberwolves Kool-Aid out of his Timberwolves thermos and uh, splashed some Timberwolves Kool-Aid on his face to wake up for the day. Yes. One week away from like the brute? season. Like brute. You, sm- you smell like uh, a Timberwolf. Yes. It smells like it, a... it smells like Sam Cassell at the end of, uh, of a two and a half hour playoff game Ooh. after his big balls dance. That's what my. All right. Timberwolves okay. cologne smells like. Sorry, I asked. Right. There was another. Apparently, there's another Timberwolves garage sale happening. Oh, really? They sent out a memo that they're doing the, the locker room cleanout. Yeah. I didn't what? see when it was, but oh, I got to get down there for some stuff. One of the great Mackie and Judd radio bits of all time was the Timberwolves garage sale. Yes. Oh, because it was so fitting. The <laughs> the most disgusting thing, and I think it was Her- Harrigan was David Kahn's mole. Oh. In a jar. In a jar. You remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you do. Maybe Dex. Maybe that's still in the system somewhere. I'll find it. Play it later. Okay. Uh, so, scrolling through Twitter this morning and uh, saw a John Hollinger think piece on the Timberwolves. John Hollinger, notably the inventor of the player efficiency rating, I believe, when he was with ESPN.com. Then he went and worked for the Memphis Grizzlies front office. Usually pretty spot on with his analytical analysis. But uh, he's very skeptical about the Timberwolves after this Gobert trade. Not in that they're going to be a train wreck or anything, but he poses a bunch of questions and and some some mild panic for the long term future of the franchise. I'm just gonna 
I'm going to go through some of this stuff. I feel like he is off base, but we can talk about it. So, first of all, he thinks uh, betting the under on 48 and a half is where you should be with the Timberwolves. He's got them at, so they won 46 last year. He's got them one win better at 47. So, John Hollins, you're telling you, take the under. He's worried about Anthony Edwards taking a big step forward because of his inconsistent jump shot and disappearing motor at times where he just, like, you know, stops driving to the hoop for games at a time. And then uh, the biggest thing he's worried about is more long-term, that this all-in trade for Gobert, essentially, you know, it made it more fun for the next couple of years, but it cut off a lot of their assets for fortifying the Anthony Edwards prime, which isn't going to happen in like uh, for like four more years. So here's what he wrote. It occurs to me that we've glossed right over what is perhaps the most interesting part of this debate. By surrendering first-round picks and pick swaps through 2029, and by doing so to acquire a player who was already 30, the Timberwolves essentially accelerated their timeline by several years. Mm-hmm. What the Wolves did was exactly what you might expect a team to do if its priority is to get the most out of Carl Anthony Towns' prime years. But it was also the exact opposite of what a team might do if the goal is to get the most out of Anthony Edwards' prime years, which presumably would be from roughly 2026 through 2031. By the end of that era, Towns will be 35, Gobert will be 38, and the Wolves will have, well, that's at the end of, that's that's 10 years from now. Uh, the Wolves will have had little to no draft help for nearly a decade, which also falsely assumes that there's no other way to acquire first-round right. picks in the next 10 years. Right. How can the Wolves, uh, how good can the Wolves be when they have no more picks to trade and still have several question marks dotting the roster? And more philosophically, how good do they need to be to justify everything they traded to get Gobert? Okay. So uh, John Hollinger, wow. one of the smarter analytical minds in the NBA, is pouring cold water all over this thing. All right, from the outside, like just an outsider, ten thousand you know foot view, right? He makes a lot of good points, but where, what he's missing entirely is where this franchise is at from not only a basketball but a business perspective too. And he mentions a little of that, by the way. Okay, but but that is an incredibly important thing because you you are in in right now in a transition from Glenn Taylor to guys that are going to be aggressive and guys that want to win. And keep in mind, and you can say this is stupid, but it's just a fact. Guys that want, and rightfully so, a new arena. All right, so you are trying to win right now. There's no no doubt about that. Um, the other question becomes what is considered success here. So I get it. If you're the Lakers, the Celtics, you're like, well, yeah, success is a championship trophy. Um, this franchise has been down for so long and has not, has been lucky if they even qualify for the playoffs, much less make a playoff run. And so I get his points and I, in, in, in a perfect world, guess what? You hold your draft picks, you're patient. You say, let's have ant develop. You say all of those things. But the reality is, I don't think, I think starting probably, Phil, with Mark Laurie, is that you are in a position of needing to do something. Like, a splash is necessary, and that's what they're doing. Um, And I don't disagree. And the last thing on the draft picks is this. If this was the Vikings and they had traded that many first-round picks, I think it becomes a problem. Because, in my opinion, in that league, the draft is a huge part of the lifeblood of your franchise. 
basketball, I'm not saying it's not important. It definitely is important. But if you achieve the success that the Wolves are banking on, and yes, they are banking on, like, they are taking a gamble, but that is what sports is, calculated gambles. If you are right about the gamble that you're taking, to your point, a lot of those draft picks that they're going to lose out on, i.e. non-lottery picks, are replaceable parts. Like, you can find those. So... You know, I don't think the NBA draft and the football draft are comparable as far as the importance of the lifeblood to your your franchise, unless you're just planning on being awful and getting like top five picks. Yeah. So I think this misses. I think this misses the overall big picture view of of the Minnesota Timberwolves and does a really good job of addressing the view of what would be a lot of NBA teams. But the Wolves are not a lot of NBA teams. I think. I think the point on the like. One of the points on the draft picks, which I do agree with, is if in like two or three years you're going to have Supermax Gobert, Supermax Cat, and Max Contract uh, Anthony Edwards kicking in, and then you're going to hopefully pay Jaden McDaniels, probably not a Max Contract, but you're you're going to have these huge contracts, at least two Supermaxes, a Max, and then something else with a couple of your other young players, maybe a Jalen Noel. I don't even know how you're going to fit all this in. So to fill out the rest of your ten roster spots, you need cheap talent. It's it's sort of, it's sort of like the NFL in that regard. That if you're going to pay a quarterback forty and an edge rusher thirty and a receiver here, okay, well now I need a rookie scale contract cornerback, rookie scale contract uh, interior defensive lineman, and right tackle or something because I can't I can't pay everybody. So does it make it harder for them to load their roster over the next let's say five to eight years with players that are drafted in the late 20s? Yes, but are those players even guaranteed to be rotation players? No, because the draft is, it's it's hard to find rotation players in the NBA once you get past like the 10th pick. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much a crapshoot. And the Wolves have actually done a pretty good job of this. They've got a, a j- between Jalen Noel, Jaden McDaniels. I think there's a couple of guys from this last year's draft that could wind up being rotation players maybe later this year or next year. Uh, but I keep going back to this with all these, whether it's Ryan Russillo or Bill, or uh, Bill Simmons or John Hollinger, they're all just like, oh, my God, how could you? What a risk. This is such a risk, right? What is the real yeah. risk? That's what is the yeah. risk? So they have they have guaranteed themselves to be a playoff team, barring like multiple bad injuries. And we could talk about the Gobert knee brace here a little bit. But if these guys are even like halfway healthy. They've guaranteed themselves to be in the playoffs during Anthony Edwards' developmental years where he's looking to take jumps. So if 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 I get Anthony Edwards being able to sharpen his playoff blade over the next few years, right. while they also maybe have a shot to do some damage if this thing peaks in the Western Conference while you know Chris Paul ages out and LeBron ages out and the Warriors age out. Yep. You know, there's there is a there's a prize to be had in the Western Conference probably starting next year, and the Wolves are going to be in line to compete for it because of what they've done with this trade. Okay, so maybe they don't. Maybe they hit a glass ceiling in the next three to four years because Gobert is too old and Anthony Edwards isn't as good as he's going to be when he's 25 years old. Well, once his contract comes off the books, Anthony Edwards turns 25 and will have played in the playoffs presumably for like four or five straight seasons. And by then, there's going to be other creative things you can do to potentially right. move assets. Or, like, over the next two or three years, if it's not working that well, Cat and Gobert, both, even if their stock comes down, 
they both have first round pick value in a trade for sure. Like if you traded cat next year or something, cause it's not working, you would get multiple first round picks back and solve the problem that everyone's freaking out about to begin with. Right. So it's like, like, what is, what is the, Oh my God. What if they, what if they, what, what if they're the sixth seed and they get beat in the first round? That's right. still like the third best season in Timberwolves history. And when so. has, when has guys like John Hollinger, Bill Simmons, Ryan Russillo ever given a crap about what the Minnesota Timberwolves have done as a franchise? Like, like not, not to say that they had to be like homers and, and big fans of the Wolves, but like, I guess why come out and crap on an organization who's been in the playoffs twice in 18 years and, 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 and crucify them for trying to make themselves better? I just think in general, it's just kind of a weird stance by them to take for a team that really hasn't sniffed that much of success over 20 years. But it, it's good that they are, though, because they, they now have takes on a team that they didn't give a damn about for close to 20 years. So, so like, I, I actually like that. The problem is Bill, in Bill's case, he is he views things through the prism of the Celtics. Well, this ain't the Celtics. Hollinger, his his takes come from, and again, this is absolutely fine. But his takes come from just the overall league. And guess what? There's a lot of teams that would have done what the Wolves did. That's the thing is, this is a unique case. I don't think people understand unless you're you're here. The the potential uh, in the last couple of years, and especially now for relevance in a competitive market of a team that no one gave a damn about for 15 plus years. Right. So like, I, I think I like the fact that, that people now have opinions and takes on the team because it means that the franchise actually is relevant enough to do so. But all of that being said, I understand that the wolves see an opportunity to pounce here and to Phil's point. Okay. Let's say they're wrong. Boy, that's going to be a lot worse than the last 20 years, won't it? I mean, my God, those years were spent, you know, how how many years did the Wolves uh, not get, you know, the first or second or third pick and then they drafted, or the hell, they did get the second pick and they drafted a slappy that didn't work out. So I think unless you're here and following this franchise, it's it's very hard to put the template that you would across a normal franchise on the wolves and say, you're screwing up. Also like on the draft picks. Yes, they gave up a ton of draft picks and pick swaps, but they have a first round pick in 2024. They will have a first round pick in 2026. That may be a pick swap, depending on where the jazz are at. Uh, you can't trade. You have to have a pick every other year. So you, you can't that, I think part of the argument for Hollinger is you've lost flexibility to trade like a 2024 first for a point guard to replace D'Lo if he signs somewhere else or whatever. But, you know, I, there's just like, I would give Tim Connolly a little more credit that he'll find creative ways to mold this thing as needed. But right now they're on track to be really competitive in the Western conference. And they're on track for Anthony Edwards to maybe take a step forward and get some meaningful playoff experience. And then I kind of like what they've said. They've said, let's start there. Let's, okay, let's be relevant, which is a hard thing to achieve with this franchise. Let's be relevant for the fans, for the future of a new arena. Let's be relevant for the team and everything. Let's just build some equity here now. Let's be good right now and next year. And then if things start to look a little bit like we've peaked, hit a glass ceiling, we'll worry about that later. And we've hired people, Tim Connolly and then the front office he's building, to be creative and make something happen. That's why you bring Tim Connolly over to figure out how to make the roster better. 
And step one was just get Rudy Gobert in here to fix the rim protection and the defensive rebounding and everything else. And and I trust that he will figure it out again in two or three years if he needs to. There are worse things in the world than having a superstar player turning 25 years old in 2026 and having to figure out a second piece around him, right? I mean, the Mavericks have been trying to do this with Luka. And they're kind of fa- they've kind of failed to put a second piece around Luka. They're still yeah. one of the best teams in the Western Conference. So people freak out about this. If Anthony Edwards takes the steps we think he's going to take, and let's say the worst-case scenario happens, which is they hit a glass ceiling, but they still make the playoffs the next few years. Gobert ages out, and uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Cat is not as good as maybe he hits a glass ceiling or something. Although I think he's just going to be on the team for a while as a good player. Um, but maybe you have to go find a second player to put next to Anthony Edwards at some point. Well, that's the position that like the Timberwolves were in with Kevin Garnett for eight years. You know, that's the position that the Mavericks are in right now. It, it's you're still winning fifty games with that player as you look to find a yes. second superstar. So I, I don't know. The relevance of this franchise is huge for the franchise. It's absolutely huge because I mean they have been a laughing stock for far too long. And and look, you know what? The the primary pundits around this league haven't judged them to be to be important enough to do anything but completely mock. And so the fact that they are now in a, a place, and this is not true of a, a lot, lot of teams, like with the Vikings, we won a Super Bowl. Why? Because they are capable. But the Wolves have been so bad or were so bad for so long and got it wrong for so long that that in this case, and yes, it's a low bar, but for them to be relevant and potentially good and maybe damn good is a huge step. Yeah. Uh, another thing from this article that's uh, that's interesting, he says, this is Hollinger, the victory lap over keeping Jaden McDaniels out of the Gobert trade was perhaps overdone. McDaniels still needs to find a role on offense and quit fouling so much on defense to be a long-term solution at the three. Well, he's 21 years old. He did take huge steps forward last year. He was very good in the not like Conley? Yeah, but I don't know, man. That sounds like, so, but, like but that's he, a weird one. But think about what he's saying here. He is saying, I don't know if he's directly saying this, but he's essentially saying you might have considered keeping the extra two future first-round right. picks for flexibility and to get those players in the house when Edwards is emerging into his prime yep. as opposed to Jay McDaniels now. And I think what the Wolves are saying is, we actually think Jay McDaniels could be the number two to Anthony Edwards number one in like five years from now. So we'd rather play that scenario out so that if Gobert ages out and Cat ages out or goes somewhere else, we've got this ready-made second or third superstar player in Jade McDaniels also turning 25. So it, I think the, the Timberwolves view the bet and the risks differently than a lot of other NBA talking heads and I guess we'll see it. But the one thing I do agree with in this article, mm-hmm. he points out a couple different times how year two is likely to be better than year one with the Rudy Gobert thing because it's going to take a while to figure out how to gel. You're going to have, by year two, McDaniels and Anthony Edwards and Jay, you know, your, the draft picks from this year and Jalen Noel, they're all going to be a year older. So it's a little bit like we talk about with the Vikings, that however good they are this year, they're probably going to be better next year right? because everyone will just be one year used to the system. So yep. that is like one of the things I agree with in this article. So that's an interesting criticism, though, of Jaden. I I think that's uh, 
I wonder if I wonder if Conley and Hollinger crossed paths at some point in time in their NBA executive days and didn't exactly get along or something. I don't know. Because he's basically saying a 21-year-old yeah, kid is not a finished product yet. And I think everyone involved would be like, yeah, uh, we know. And the draft pick, <laughs> well, and, and, and the draft pick thing, right or wrong, I totally get. Like, like that is a point. And, and there were a lot of folks who said that's a lot of, of draft picks. But then if you're going to go to the player and be like, yeah, he's 21, but I don't know about him mm-hmm. either. That just, that seems like a, a little bit of a stretch of a criticism. Well, he's not 26. Okay, one more thing on this, because I'm just like... I'm so sick of the, like this line of criticism has been offered a, a, a hundred times since that trade in July, right? Some version of this, we're like, oh, I don't know, it's pretty risky. I don't know, what are the well, what happens if yeah. this? What? Who cares? Um, if they decided at some point in the next two years, ah, man, we put way too many chips on the table now. We need to we need to get chips for like four years from now, first round picks, young assets, so we can. We can better fortify Anthony Edwards with younger players in a few years from now. Mm-hmm. The list of things on this team right now you could trade for a first-round pick includes, or more than one, includes Rudy Gobert. If you needed to spin him again in a year or something, like you wouldn't get the same haul you got, but like you could get a first-round pick or two. Right, Carl Anthony Towns. I think Jalen Noel is going to be a guy after this season that if you decided, you know what, we're not going to pay him, and he just peaked his value in year three, and someone would love a combo guard like him, you could offload him for a first-round pick if you needed to. Jaden McDaniels, you could offload probably for a first. Like, there's things you could, if you needed to get first-round picks back in future years. There are plenty of assets well, on this team right now over the next two years that you could make that happen with. So, like if, calm so, down. So, and if you had kept your picks, so, so like, let's say that Conley had said, you know what, yeah, I'm not trading first-round picks, blah, blah, blah. The value there is is really lottery picks. So are you see? I guess I'm confused here because if if the wolves if the wolves have traded away what turns out to be a bunch of high draft picks, then yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. But they're they're gambling on those aren't going to be high, high picks. Yeah, they're and, already a playoff team before that trade. Right. But what I'm saying is so <laughs> so. Okay, then here's the thing. Like, if you're looking for rotational talent, oh, I gotta get rotational talent. Okay, you know what? Do something that the Wolves for a long time never did: hit on some second round picks, which is what Connolly does. They're there, but but I mean, we're that's condi- why Connolly's here. We are conditioned, <laughs> and I'm guilty. I'm guilty of this as much as the next person. We are guilty of thinking in this town: oh, second round picks, they all suck. Because the Wolves, for a long time, took guys or sold those picks, right? Yeah. But, yeah, hit on your second-round picks. I, I mean, if if this comes down to that the Utah Jazz have a series of lottery picks from the Wolves, everyone's being traded and fired then. Yeah. Well, look at <laughs> so, I mean, I think, know. wasn't Nas Reed undrafted? Like, they've got rotation guys now that were just— No, I know. That's Jordan what I'm saying. Jordan McLaughlin? Was Jordan just McLaughlin have good, drafted? Have good no. scouting. Fine, just yes. Ha- just have good scouting. <laughs> but, like, if you literally have traded away lottery picks— then it didn't. Then nothing worked. Yeah, all worked up now. Uh, what is your panic love, level on Rudy Gobert having I a knee brace like and this. just kind of slow cooking during the preseason? I'd love to see you like this. I'd love to see this. Um, okay, so first of all, I don't know enough about the actual like knee problem to to know if this is like something that was a problem. That's a you know a chronic thing. He had or a contusion what? at one point. Okay. So, he missed, so a uh, he missed like a month with a contusion. Okay. All right. 
My only but thought. I, is- but I don't know what this is though. Okay. Right. I, this is like I'm looking at his injury history. Uh, a few years ago, he was out a month and a half with a bone bruise, knee bone bruise. Um, ow. Well, Declan knows exactly what I'm going to say, yeah. and I'm going to say it again. Okay. This is why the man is wearing a knee brace, and they're going to ease him in after he got done playing incredibly competitive basketball for his country. That pisses me off. <laughs> that ge- that gets my goat. This was the off season, a time to rest, a time to rehab, a time to practice. That's awesome. I'm not saying take all the time off, but instead you were playing in what what is tantamount to playoff type games for your country. And if that costs you even a minute of action in a regular season game with the Wolves, I absolutely hate it. Everybody, get rest. Get ready for your season. You're paid millions of dollars. You were secured with an enormous trade to play for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Drives me crazy that a guy has has to now be, you know, might have some issues because he's not a young man and he just played really hard extended minutes for his country. Stop it. I would say at his age now, he and he missed 16 games last year. Um, he's probably going to miss 15 games. Like he, He's probably like a 65 to 67, yeah, really, yeah. even if like relatively healthy. Yep. He's pro- And he's at the age now, too, where he, he's probably going to have some inflammation here and there and whatever. But as long as, he, as long as he's playing 65 games and in those 65 games, he's grabbing 14 rebounds and, you know, yep. rim protector and stuff. Yep. Something to watch. Yeah, Kyle, uh, my flagrant house cohort, was he texted me. He's like, you see that big bulky thing under his white? Uh, he's trying to hide that knee brace under the mm. the white sleeve there on his knee. Stop but it. Stop it. If the Twins front office had traded for him, I'd be very skeptical that, right I, now. That, that was they, the first that they, thought that they never Googled, like, Rudy Gobert injury. I I can't talk about that. I read all of the, the coverage when our show got done of the Twins press conference. I was shaking by the end of it. Yeah, I was I was kind I was, of in a similar state of mind. Um, well, that'll be a discussion for another day or yeah, not. I'm not starting. I think that. I'm people just, just don't really care anymore. I was mad. Looking forward to those new uniforms, though. That'll be a blast. Hey, uh, thanks to Federated Insurance for helping power Mackie and Judd on a daily basis here. Score North and Purple Daily. Um, a lot of gratitude toward our friends at Federated, and they've been helping business owners for over a hundred years. They're based in Owatonna, and um, they measure their success by the success of your business, and they help maximize your business through risk management. It's like having a great offensive line protecting against risks on the horizon. Great guiding hand. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. We got right that down predictions coming up. Timberwolves in one week. Wild this week. Winter well, sports are already upon us. Uh, Yeah, most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd. Write this down. This is the big leagues, where we own our terrible predictions. Write that down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. Write them down. It's like a a personal contract with ourselves. Always fun to have a new addition to the uh, the old button bar here on Mackie and Judd on a Write That Down Wednesday. This is the most innovative high-wire act in all of sports media. Don't be fooled by the thieves out there, the imitators. <coughs> NFL Network. Blatantly stealing. People are sending screenshots of the Write That, Write That Down segment on NFL Network this last Sunday. Our old friend, right? 
J- Jamie, is she part of the show that stole it? I don't think so. I think oh, it's okay. the pregame show. Yeah. Oh, Ison? Jamie Erdahl. I would expected never. more from Rich. But it was that. it was like the B Squad because it was a London game. So I don't know. It was uh it was Colleen. Was it Colleen Wolf and then a couple others because they didn't okay. have the A Squad for these London games. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. NFL Network on Sundays is. is Stolen the segment. That's fine. But you know where it originated several years ago here. The only show in America that puts statistics next to our predictions so you can tell just how wrong we are on a regular basis. So whenever you guys chirp us on Twitter or email, hey, hey, Judd, is it time for you to admit that you were wrong? Well, it will be time every Wednesday when the when the predictions are wrong. We will uh, be held accountable. So here's how it works. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. Listeners, if you want to participate, like Eric is about to, you can send us a message through the Score North app. There's a feedback tab, and we will get you scheduled hopefully sometime in 2022. All right, Judd, you had a ton of stuff come off the board here this week. Look at all the colors well, here. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It looks like the 4th of July. Strap in. Well, it looks like Christmas, actually. A lot of green. Whatever. And... You know, I just a holiday, okay? It's that, it's that jacket <laughs> with no arms. You know, it's... it's, it's... Ah. It's, uh, it's not. That's not a vest. I got okay. a guy. I got what a guy on Twitter that, that said that's not a vest. How a vest is it not is a, a vest? Because a vest is something that you wear indoors. I don't want to talk about well, it. Again. Who, who's no, to say not. he didn't come in from outdoors either? That he still had it on. But he, he had weirdest. it on because he was outdoors. Oh my god! He does not wear that indoors. I guarantee it. I'll. You know what? I'm going to try to go today. I will ask. I will ask. say, Kevin, do you wear? Do you wear that jacket? Let's not call it a vest. Why don't you ask him? I want what would you record. call? What would you call that that you're wearing? I'll try. I okay. want it on the record. I'll try. Yeah, I know that's what we're saying. <laughs> we need the answers to the tough questions. All right. Well, we'll start with the bad news for Judd here. Uh, I'm afraid I've got some bad news, Judd. Bad news. Kaprizov will not play in another wild preseason game. Yep. Yep, played He's at home tough games. as nails. He tough played in home games. But the next one is a terrible beat because I was right and they were wrong. You said sometime this season, Tommy Watkins will be replaced as Twins third base coach. It sounds like he might not even be replaced at all, like after the season. Right. But, I mean, I purposely said he will – I purposely did not say he will be fired, right? Because, like, he's not going to be fired. I just thought he might be replaced. Mm. And they still didn't do that. No. Wave him home, Watkins. You said Matt Dumba will be traded by the Wild this offseason. Yeah. There'll be a credible report during the season that Carlos Correa will remain with the Twins in 2023. Uh, you said Gary Sanchez will finish, will, won't finish finish yeah. the season. He a, hit a bomb on the final day, didn't he? And, yeah, and at one point, right after the trade, that looked like a slam dunk, that, that I'd be right about that. And he, was, he was pretty good this season. Yeah, he got he terrible. He won't it's be back, kind of but a yeah. peripheral right. player. Uh, you said there'll be at least one rule change to the NHL three on three overtime this offseason. I don't think there was. I don't remember predicting that. But yes. I know. I think that's right. Yep. You said Chuck Fletcher and Mike Yo won't be back with the Flyers for 2022 23. Well, Mike Yo's gone, but Chuck Fletcher, Teflon Chuck. Chuck hired, uh, hired uh, Tortorella. Yeah, good luck with which that. Which is just Still sticking around. Weird hire for him. But you did have a few correct predictions. You said the Twins will trade for a starting pitcher by the deadline as part of a parlay, which was correct. And the second leg of the parlay is Devin Smeltzer will never start a game again for the Twins, with the timeline there being like, un, you know, From at the, this yeah. tenure, right. this tenure. Yeah. Right. And uh, he was he was bumped off the roster and then elected free agency, according to our guy uh, Teddy Schwarzler from yep. Twins Daily. So correct, 
Thank you very much. Jake Cave claimed by Baltimore. It's over. Nah. Diving Jake, it's over. I love that. I love how they they tried four years of Jake Cave. Yes. And now they're like, okay, all right. We're good. Okay. So let's let's expose him to waivers. By the way, speaking of Twins Daily, I saw they've been pushing this uh, Aaron Judge reckless speculation on their Twitter feed. I feel like they've clowned us for several years for our clickbaity reckless speculation, but now the water is warm and uh, those guys are jumping in. So welcome, Twins Daily, to the reckless speculation pond. Are you saying that they're becoming part of the Buzz Factory? Oh, Buzz Factory. That sounds Buzz like Factory. You know the Buzz Factory. <laughs> it sounds like they are. Uh, you said, Judd, Daniil Hunter will have at least one sack against the Bears. He did. The Guardians would win their first-round playoff series. And Luis Arise would finish top three in the American League batting average race. Mm-hmm. Nice little recovery for Judd. Just a few things off the board for old Macadac here. Carlos Correa would have a walk-off hit at some point during September or October. D'Lo would not be with the Wolves on opening day. Well, we're not quite to opening day, but I don't think they're trading him now. Uh, so on this last one here, we brought this up last week. I went to three different websites, including Baseball Reference, Wikipedia, and MLB. And even though he wasn't the acting manager for these last months worth of games, mm-hmm. the games still fall under Tony LaRusse's managerial record. So, so my prediction of Tony LaRusse's last game managing the White Sox will be against the Twins turns out to be correct. He was given credit or debit for right. those last games of the season. So a weird loophole for me to get a point there. Yeah, it's a very fortuitous play by you. Yeah, I'm not rooting for his, you know, his demise or anything, but appreciate that they would uh, give him the wins and the losses. All and then, bad beat. Yeah, the listeners here, Brandon said, Luis Arise will finish top three in batting average for all of Major League Baseball, not just the American League. He finished fourth. Oh. Yep. Behind That's three a National terrible League guys. Beat. <laughs> Awful beat. Uh, JD said Minnesota United will beat Vancouver and make the MLS playoffs, which you can hear on 1500 ESPN next Monday night. Chris said Bray Wyatt will return to the WWE by January 2nd. We did. I'm glad for Bray. I have no idea who Bray is. Stuart said Kaprizov will be with the Wild on opening day when it looked like he was maybe going to be stuck in Russia. So nice week for the listeners. Declan, uh, largely a good week for you. You said Correa and the – we'll start yeah. with the bad ones. Uh, Correa and the Twins would agree to an extension before the end of the season. You said the Twins would move on from Chris Archer before Dylan Bundy at some point this year. They didn't move yeah, on from either one of those guys. Bray Wyatt will sign with AEW. Well, then you hedged by saying Bray Wyatt will return to WWE at Extreme Rules this weekend. Yeah. Good hedge. Love Bray Wyatt. Cousins will post a QBR of 70 or above against the Bears. And this is a home run. It's very specific. You said Matt Rule specifically will be the first coach fired this NFL season. He was among the favorites, but to nail it, we're going to give you a home run there. I thought I had a Matt Rule prediction. I did, too. I must have Maybe it's on Purple Daily. It's on Purple Daily. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll get to it on Purple Daily today. Got it. 
So with that, Declan still leads both categories. A four fifty one batting average, fourteen home runs. Judd, mm. you're at three sixty three with eight home runs. Listeners at three oh five with eleven home runs, and I'm at two ninety eight with eleven home nice. runs. All time, Judd, two hundred forty five hits. I'm closing in on two hundred career hits. Hopefully next week, and the listeners still lead with thirty home runs. So all right, let's get him in here. Guest listener predictor Eric on Mackie and Judd. Write that down. And ordinarily, Eric, we we start the session here by asking the audience member, uh, when did you first become a Minnesota sports fan? But you told us off mic, you're not even really a Minnesota sports fan. <laughs> well, yeah, because um, uh, well, I live here in Florida. I'm in central Florida. I'm actually live in a town called St. Cloud. Okay. That's right. Yep. So a little commonality. And I want to say I became a Viking supporter back when they uh, – tra- uh, when they um, – when they, they drafted, drafted Dalvin. Uh, Dalvin, yeah. They got Dalvin, and I was really happy because I really didn't want him to go to, like, a team like the Eagles or, like, the Giants <laughs> or or the, or the Packers or some team like that. So, like, I've always liked the, the Vikings in some way, and um, I've just actually become more of a Vikings fan over over recent, uh, even more than the Cowboys to a certain extent. I kind of feel like how you guys felt last year with the Vikings – the way I kind of feel now, even though the Cowboys are winning, like kind of the same way, like kind of a apathy with how they run things and just the overall like uh, dis- discontention sometimes, like when you see the, how the players operate and the coaching staff and stuff. So um, uh, really pulling for you guys. And, you know, I, I, I really, really like to see the Vikings real win it in the last next few, uh, next few years. Yeah, I think I think awesome. we're all just kind of kind of waiting for that first Super Bowl here. <laughs> Before we die at some point. So here's how it's going to work. We're going to start with Eric over to Judd Declan and then uh, back around to me. Three trips around the room. Write this down. Eric, you are the leadoff hitter, sir. Go ahead. All right. Since I'm, since I'm more in this uh, from the Viking standpoint than the other um, um, uh, Minnesota sports teams, and I feel bad for you guys with the whole uh, <laughs> twins bloodbath that just happened uh, a few minutes ago with all the uh, predictions that came off the board. I'll stick with just Vikings. I'll kind of stick with just Dalvin for that matter. Um, sure. Write this down. Dalvin Dalvin Cook will accumulate at least 100 total yards, have at least one touchdown, so that he that could be passing, rushing, or receiving, <laughs> and have at least one 20 yard play uh, versus the Dolphins this coming Sunday. Love this okay. Game. And solid. I want to. I, off the record, I want to kind of see them incorporate some more wheel routes. Um, in the past, when he was at Florida State, he ran a lot of real wheel routes and. They were massively successful. And in one case versus the uh, Hurricanes, they ran one that actually won the game. It was like a 60-yard wheel route where he just they just had him go and he, he took it to the house. And I kind of like the way what they're doing things with uh, with him and the team because last year kind of frustrated me kind of watching the games where they were very predictable. And it's kind of like the, the, the coaching staff now is kind of saying, okay, well, instead of running here, we're going to pass here. Instead of passing here, we're going to run here. Maybe we're going to run with this guy or pass with this guy. And it's kind of really confused a lot of these teams. And I kind of think O'Connell has really just, like, scratched the surface with the amount of plays and the kind of plays he wants to run. And yeah. I like to kind of see them operate, like, some kind of wheel routes and things like that. And I kind of think – and he's always pounded the uh, the Miami area in terms of hurricanes and dolphins in the past with his performances. So I, I kind of think he's probably due. I like it. I like it. That would be a home run if it hits on the, the parlay front there. So, all right. Over to uh, Judd, your first prediction. All right. First of all, the man said wheel route, and I didn't get a football. 
Oh, there's Judd calling for. <laughs> I like to call for the. I, I've been calling stripped of the, the Sounders. Throw <laughs> the flag. Been stripped of the Sounders. Um, oh, okay. So on on quick plug on Judd's hockey show, Declan and I did a series of five each. Write that downs that uh, that, that show should be out today. Season predictions. Oh, those, write are those, that down. Those count. Those count. Um, those will not count. But I'm going to incorporate one that I gave into a into a parlay. Uh, off of one that Dex also talked about, but write this down. Wild prediction. Kirill Kaprizov will score at least 50 goals and be a finalist for the Hart Trophy, which goes to the NHL MVP this season. Okay. I think, okay, so back up a step. What did you guys do on Judd's Hockey Show? Five write-that-down predictions apiece. Why would they not For se- season preview. Uh, I uh, we th- didn't even think about it. I, I personally think that what we were trying to do there was it was just going to be predictions that we could revisit by the end of the wild season on Judd's Hockey Show. Now, if we want those to count towards the Mackie and Judd edition of Write That Down, we certainly can. But that, I, think I think you that should go was, on the record. on this. the record. Declan's so, got them. Double cheat plug. You guys, audience, go over to Judd's Hockey Show to hear some additional wild predictions, if that's what those were. Mm-hmm. Make them official. And then later on this week, come on over to Flagrant Howls, where Kyle Tige and I will make our own Timberwolves season predictions for Write That Down. We will go on the record as okay. well. That's okay, that's right. Okay. In addition doing to, the, to the Timberwolves optimism, I will continue spewing on this version of Write That Down. There's plenty more where that came from, okay? All right. Okay, everyone cool? We good? Okay. Yeah, let's All do right. it. Didn't see it coming. But. All right, uh, three hockey-related predictions. Two about the Wild here for me on this week's episode. i write that down. So the Wild hosts the Rangers on Thursday night, opening night. The Wild will beat the Rangers by at least two goals. So the Wild win an opening night, and they beat the Rangers by at least two goals. Write it down. That's a home run, right? It's got to be a home run. I'm saying it's a win, and it's a win by at least two. Yeah, that's a that's a blowout prediction right there in hockey, I think. Write that down. We're going to give Dex. I think Dex deserves a home run if that happens. Unless someone can find me, like, is there, like, a spread that says the Wild are two-goal favorites? I don't think that's how. I haven't seen the, yeah, I have not seen that spread yet. Okay. All right, write, uh, write this one down. Let's go to, to, to the Wolves Kool-Aid here, okay? Write that down. The Minnesota Timberwolves will finish the regular season as one of the top four seeds in the Western Conference. So they will play, yeah. they will have home court advantage in a first-round playoff series. They will finish... Top four seed in the Western Conference. Is that a home run? I was going to ask, yeah. is that a home yeah. run? Because top I mean, four is pretty damn good in this yes. conference. Yes. Yeah. Well, the Warriors right. exist still. Okay. The Lakers will be I'm healthier. The, the Suns are still very, very good. Uh-huh. The yep. Mavericks. So. Yeah. Nuggets. Yeah. Just go through the whole league. The Grizzlies are up and coming. The Pelicans. The, 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 okay. the Warriors. Over, over to the, the Warriors. The Clippers. <laughs> over to the. <laughs> All right. Uh, back to Eric for your second prediction. Yeah. Um, that that's hey, going from a seven to four would be a big yeah. jump in that conference. So I definitely agree with that. Thank you. Um, write this down during a telecast. The commentators, field reporter, or in some mention during a telecast, someone will mention that Dalvin Cook is some in some fashion from the Miami area or played football in the Miami area. Yeah. Oh yeah. This because. is this is definitely a bunt, but you know what? I think, <laughs> I think cool. the list the listeners can definitely use a, a batting average yeah. boost, so definitely definitely counts. Yeah, yeah, they have to, right? They'll make the hometown connection. What? 
They, After they, his 20-yard run. There's Dalvin Cook with the <laughs> longest run of the season in front of his family and friends here. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they, I'm with you. I know they've done it before when he's played against Lamar and some other uh, players that he's played with or played against down in Miami. So, I, yeah. Well, if it doesn't happen, I'd be shocked. You know, they were trying to fill content. And, I like what you're doing there, though, because you are getting points. Yeah, you got yeah, to rack that's a solid. Right down. Yeah, there's That's too many in, in baseball today. There's too many guys that are comfortable hitting 212 yep. and just swinging for the fences. You got you to hit the ball to opposite field once in a while. Just lay and, down uh, a beautiful bunt. Yep, exactly. Write this down. All right, Shocked back everybody. Back the shift judge. was on. The shift was on. The shortstop was in center field. Third baseman was a shortstop. You just bunted the ball. Beautiful. All right. Um, considering what we saw the last time that the Gophers played against Purdue, and they're going to be playing a pretty good it looks like Brett Bielema led Illinois team on Saturday. The Gophers football team will lose on Saturday to the Illini. Wah, wah. You, you know what? You know what? Prove me wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. But that display against Purdue disgusted me so thoroughly. And, and you know, this team looks p- pretty good. Bielema's got him on the right track. I can't stand the guy. I think he's just a, just a slappy and a jerk. But I'm going to predict the Gophers lose that game. PJ, prove me wrong. Yes, PJ, you owe it personally to Jed Zolgad. I went to that game. I was at that game. I wasted my time. You know what? Did you pay for the tickets? I went to the press box. No, No, I was in the press box. Okay, I'm just going to check. No, I didn't. No, but you know what? I I did. I paid for the gas. And and, and you know what? I did pay for the ticket because Dawn went on her ticket, which comes from both of us. Yes, so I did pay (laughs) for a ticket. I am so the man. I, did, I control so I the did, finances. So I did pay. No, we're in this together. Our money is one. Our money is I one. I my and wife I to spend money. Not, no, she spent the money. You're we incredible. We are on a joint account. And so, yes, yes, Slappy, I paid for my ticket. Write this down. A ticket. All right, Declan. All right, my second prediction. Um, so the wild, vaunted wild power play has been clicking in the preseason. So hopefully this translates to the regular season. So write this down. The wild power play will convert at least four goals in their first 10 opportunities. So the wild have to go four for 10 at least in their power play opportunities to start the season. Phil, I can help you track this. Is that a home run or what's the, what's the story there? The home run? It's 40% in 10 opportunities. Judd, what do you think? That's a small Um, sample size. I don't think it's a home run. Okay. Okay. It's, it's, a good, it's a good solid again prediction. it's close it's close okay it's a good solid prediction okay, okay that would be a very down. impressive start i'm going to counter judd's go for negativity here i think you're on the wrong side of history this weekend judd good prove me wrong because i see a game in which the gophers get one of the best running backs in the country back Mm-hmm. I see an Illinois team that has been reading a lot of positive press clippings about being ranked in the top 25, unexpected hot start to the season, and the Gophers have been stewing on a terrible loss for two weeks. Good. The Gophers will go on the road, and they will beat the Illinois Fighting yeah. Lions. I love it. I love it. Meineke Car Care Bowl, here we come. <laughs> You know what? Get Ford Does Field that bowl ready. Still exist? Get Ford Field all set because we're coming. Pinstripe and, Bowl, we're and coming. I'll tell you, if the Gophers win this game against Illinois, they're back on track to then be. Then we're going to think, oh, then they can beat Penn State the following week here. And then if they do yeah. that, then they're going to be no, no, we're, sailing no, to the Western. No. I will back. not. I'm back. No, I'm not back. I'm not coming back. I. Bro. 
the bandwagon stopped, I got off, and I'm walking home. And it's a long walk. That's okay. We'll offer you a ride in two weeks. No, I don't want your ride. Okay. Uh-uh. All right, back to back to Eric here for your third and final prediction. Write this down. Hey, what's that? Um, when I heard the the Mining Car Care Bowl, what's that bowl out in San Diego? It's, it had like a like a ridiculous. Uh, that was bowl. the San Diego Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl or something. <laughs> That's yeah, good. I think good. you're right, dude. Is wow, it? that sounds yeah, right. I think, yeah, I think they, you're right. They, they, they seem like these 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 bowl these bowl names are getting like ridiculously long, and you can't remember who's oh, God, there yeah. and which which. It's like they should add like three sponsors to the title of every bowl game. Now we're opening up now. It'll be the. <laughs> The San Diego Credit Union, Wendy's, Meineke, Car Care. Uh, Presented by Bowl. GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Presented by Federated, right? Yeah. Yeah. There there you go. Go. I like where That's you're, right. I like where you're... Presented by Livia, actually, Judd. Tell the audience how much weight you've oh, lost over the past year. Exactly. Exactly right. 40 pounds down and most importantly, keeping it off. And now your ears are perking up because you're saying 40 pounds down, Judd. How did you do that? And I'm going to tell you that came from my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. As I continue to say, weight control centers. It's not a diet plan. Weight control. So you drop the weight, but most importantly, you keep that weight off. And now you're saying, okay, Judd, do you, do you got a deal here? Like, like, can I get in on the ground floor of a deal? Absolutely. First eight weeks for free. That's right. First eight weeks for free. And with a new flex program, you get to enjoy the foods you love, fruit, pasta, and even bread. 855-GO-LIVIA. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. L-I-V-E-A.com. Inside the state or out, it doesn't matter. Check it out. Eight weeks free. It is a fantastic program. Livia.com. All right, now uh, we get back to Eric's final prediction here. Awesome. Um, write this down. My my last uh, Dalvin Homer prediction here. So, write this down. Uh, Dalvin Cook will accumulate at least fifteen hundred total yards for the two thousand two regular season. I think ESPN stats has him right now after the last game, just at above fifteen fifteen hundred total yards. I know with him, his uh, history of missing games, getting nicked up, and the yeah. way they're using him, uh, that might be a stretch. But I think it's one of those things to where, like, um, as the offense kind of gets go, gets uh, going further and further along, you kind of see that maturation process with how these guys are kind of getting the system. They got the four-game in-season, preseason out of the way. And I think with these next coming games coming up and the way they're using the offense, even though, and rightfully so, he's probably splitting off some carries with Madison. Yep. Um, to kind of preserve his health and kind of like maintain that balance of the team. I still think with both rushing and receiving that he can probably get the 1500 yards. Love Safe. it. There he is. Eric, the, the biggest Dalvin cook fan in the, uh, the Mackie and Judd and purple daily listener audience. So since you've got this life changing platform right now, Eric, is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank that brought you to this pinnacle moment? Well, I was going to say Rick Spielman for drafting Dalvin, but you know, that's, you know, it's, I'm not going to go that route. So um, I just take this time to say uh, thanks for the opportunity to come on to the show. Um, I really enjoy watching this show and all its content. I'm really hoping that you guys, when you get back to AMR, you guys end up doing like a movie like Tango and Cash or something like that. Okay. Yeah. A few people have recommended Tango and Cash. We definitely. We're ridiculous bad movies, but like it's just, you can't take your eyes off it sometimes. I love to hear you guys break it down and all its stuff. and all it's like weird, like just plot twists and non-plot twists. But um, really appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Um, really pulling, uh, f- you know, for the uh, Vikings and generally for all the Minnesota sports teams. Um, uh, wishing all the best, Phil, with your father and your guys' families and such like that. And like I said, I really enjoy the programming. And um, 
hope to be back on someday soon. Awesome, man. Eric, thanks for the kind words. Thanks, Eric. Great predictions and good luck with Dalvin the rest of the way, man. All right. Uh, Judd, let's uh, make a final trip around the room here. Your third prediction. All right. My third and final prediction, NHL uh, playoff prediction to get on the record as we are now starting the season. The Rangers, who beat the Lightning last night, will face the Oilers in the Stanley Cup Finals. It will be a Rangers-Oilers. This is, I mean, the Avs are the obvious team, but that's sort of a boring prediction. I do think they're going to be very good again. But anyway, the Rangers will face the Oilers in the Stanley Cup Finals come, I believe we'll be back in June again now, since the season's starting on time. All right. All right, Declan, your third and final prediction. Uh, Judd teased a little bit there. Um, so I was looking at uh, Stanley Cup odds on FanDuel, just who has the best odds. Colorado, on the money line, is minus 3,000 to be a playoff team in 2022-23. Minus 3,000. The second best team with playoff odds is Toronto at minus 1,000. So a 2,000-point gap between the Avs making the playoffs versus the Leafs. And yeah, both those teams should be in the playoffs. I want a home run, and I want to see this play out. Write this down. The Colorado Avalanche will miss the NHL playoffs in 2022-23. Let me tell you why, too. Let me just tell drug you testing. why, not just for Drug us. testing. Let me just tell you why. Hubbard drug testing program, where are you? First off, they have traded for an unproven goaltender in Alexander Gorgorov, who was not good last year. They punted. He was great. He, was great. Ter- he wasn't great. good. He wasn't good in any advanced stat. He was very league average in traditional stats. You're trusting a goaltender who is extremely unproven. You could have injuries that happen. You could have a Stanley Cup hangover that happens. Hockey is also incredibly random. And for a team to have that high of odds to me says they will miss it. So write it down. What? The Colorado no, Avalanche says, will miss the playoffs. Guaranteed to make the playoffs. Right, well, this, is, this is why drug right. testing was instituted. I want a thorough workup of that. I want it on I the record the home first. Run shot here. I want the. I, appreciate I want the it run. on the record first. Colorado. Darcy Kemper won a Stanley Cup. Two, what, was, what was the first year of Patrick Waugh looked like? Oh, the Avalanche are going to be good for ten years. They collapse and miss the playoffs for like three straight years after that. It's the same core. They're getting older. Injuries can happen. I think wow. that's way too high of odds for a hockey wow. team. They'll miss the playoffs. All right. Declan lashing out at the odds makers here. I like it. Write it down. You like Not writing doing. things down. Wow. All right. Speaking of odds makers, I feel like everyone keeps talking about Sean Payton, Cowboys, right? Well, Mike McCarthy's doing a pretty good job this year. Yep. So I'm going to get out in front of this one. I think I've mentioned this before on the shows, but I want to put it in, put it in writing here because yep. I believe it's a home run. Sean Payton, write this down will coach the Denver Broncos. So I guess I should specify the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. Or no, no, Sean Payton's job Sean Payton's job back will be with the Broncos. Okay. Sean Payton's next head coaching job yeah, will we'll be, be with the Broncos. Denver Broncos. There it is. Wow. Dude, he went on um I think it was I think it was uh, the herd. A couple days ago, there was a clip on social media. Mm-hmm. So one of those Fox Sports One shows. I think it was The Herd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I saw this clip on social media. Of, he was asked, what would you do to fix Russell Wilson? And he had, like, this great answer. It's like, well, I'd have my staff cut up every big, like, 25 or 30-plus yard pass play that he's known for. And I would want a catalog of all of those big plays. And I would reverse engineer the playbook to make those plays happen. Okay, you're hired. <laughs> 
Uh, Nate Hackett, if you want to stick around and just kind of be the quarterbacks coach, or no, just go nowhere, around. nowhere near the offense, that's cool too. You can I just kind of. I wonder if our if our guy George uh, George Payton's in trouble too. I mean, well, he a, hired Hackett, hire. new owner coming in, might want his own people. Yeah, that's, that's a rough. real that's a really bad hire. That is a terrible like. And and look, I didn't know that the guy could not manage a game. How, and how how would you know unless you put him through some sort of test? That's so hard to know in the interview. You know what I want though? Process. I want somebody who comes in, sits down, and exudes calmness. Right? Like I feel O'Connell enthusiastic, but the guy's calm. He's got some chill to him. Hackett has no chill. I would he think seems that you nervous. Would, I would think that you would pick up on that almost in, instantaneously. Yeah. That there is a that that there's nerves there that I don't necessarily want from my head coach. Yeah, Hackett's got no chill. No, he's got no he's chill. Got all the chill. And the all and the and that cool jacket. Yeah, with no what sleeves. A, yeah, that sleeveless jacket that he's rocking. What a, what a fashionista! All right, those of you write that down. Predictions write it here. Down, you like writing things down. The only show in America that actually puts statistics next to our predictions. You cowards at NFL Network and whoever else is stealing this segment. You can find the football version of it over on Purple Daily, and uh, please click subscribe on the Score North and Purple Daily YouTube channels as we look to build this community of Minnesota sports fans. See you guys. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.